they? Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Haskins spreading out, sets up deep. Over the middle. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Fields has time. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. What's up, guys? It's Ezra. We are back after a long hiatus. Um, I was up in the North Woods in Minnesota and Canada doing some camping and canoeing. So I was, you know, a bit off the grid, made it hard to podcast. A lot has happened in our absence. Um, some good, a lot concerning in terms of the future of Ohio State football. They, uh, the big one, it, it appears that they're going to miss on Caleb Downs, um, which is, is a tough, tough prospect to lose, given that they were in the lead for him for so long. Um, and it also is a, in a concerning trend of Ryan Day's staff seemingly losing recruits they had the lead for. Um, and also is a position of great need because they have not recruited safety particularly well in the past few years. Slightly better if you include a guy like Sonny Styles. I personally see him as a linebacker, maybe hybrid uh, safety guy, but he is not a true uh, drop cover safety. So, and Caleb Downs would have really helped fill that role. role. So uh, with me today, Ed, John as always, and then two returning guests, uh, we got Rob and Zach. We're going to play a little, uh, little fake around the horn. Uh, I got some topics drawn up. I'm going to, I'm going to be the judge. And then those three are going to participate. How are you doing guys? Good, good. Yeah, uh, dude. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, doing good. Good to be back. Uh, talk about football again. We're all fucking sweating our asses off in the, in the middle <laughs> of a heat wave. Uh, yeah. Tree fell on my house, you know, so yeah. this episode got a little bit delayed. Yeah, so your, uh, your your donation money and your uh, listening fees will go to Ez's new house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty decent. Got back from the gym like a half hour ago. Oh, a really nice shoulder. All right. He lifts. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Lifts. What did we do today, Zach? Uh, shoulders and chest. All uh, right. A pretty alpha. Pretty alpha. Yeah. Need it. Need need it be graded by uh. Big Ten underscore Ryan to see if it's truly <laughs> up to up to strength and conditioning snuff. <laughs> you, you guys can't see this because this is not a video uh, format, but uh, Ez and I are actually both six foot eight and yeah, uh, two ninety five. So only two ninety five. Uh, yeah, we're 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 uh we're Miami Miami LeBron. Both of us yeah. looking um, like Miami LeBron. So that's why we've had such harsh criticisms of uh of Coach Mick because we just know what it takes to really to really build yourself out and be a true athlete. Um, unlike him, um, I don't really have any uh, much further ado. Uh, we want to get into this. Uh, it's I can let me set a timer on my phone. We're gonna do ninety seconds per person for each topic. Um. I'll award a point based on uh, nothing but my own feelings at the end, and then we'll move on to the next one. Um, yeah, so what order do we want to go in? Uh, we can keep the same order this whole time. We can go snake, whatever you guys want to do. Um, just based off my screen, might be easiest to go Aaron, Rob, Zach, um, just because that's the order I've got you guys in on Zoom. Um, but yeah, is that all agreeable? 
So yeah, Aaron yeah. first, then me, then Zach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm second. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Sounds good. All right. The first topic is, and this this line is something we've debated over in group chats. Uh, I could be convinced that it should be elsewhere, but uh, you know, after much thought, we've set the over under for national titles in the Ryan Day era at Ohio State at one point five. And the question is simply over or under. You have the floor, John. I am going to go with under. Uh, and there's a few reasons for this. One uh, like one being that you got to be a real damn good coach to win more than one and a half national championships. Getting that second national championship puts you really in, in the upper echelon, right, in, in terms of historic uh, coaches and uh, – as is going to be a recurring theme, I think, throughout this, this episode, I don't think any of us think Ryan Day is a historically great coach. In addition to that, too, like, I could, like, given him being, like, being a New Hampshire guy and, like, not really having too many ties to Ohio, I could also see him winning one and then, you know, flying the coop and going to the NFL once the – once he feels the time is right. Like uh, if there's a, a certain job opening in the NFL and uh, in his uh, home region, maybe he, maybe he takes that job and, and, you know, takes the money and runs. So I'm going to go under for those reasons. All right. Uh, you got 20 seconds left, but is that all you got to say? That's all I got. All right. Perfect. Uh, all right, Rob, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm going to go with the under as well at one and a half, because uh, I think, I think they get one this year. I really do. Um, but after that, there's a lot up in the air. You get you get a first wave of uncertainty at quarterback for a while. Um, and then, I mean, I think the defense will start to grow a really, 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 really big growth under Knowles. And you'll have powers and, and, and styles and all those guys anchoring as juniors and sophomores. But I only take in the, the under now because of it, it's just not – it's a bad – we're in a – not in a bad spot, but we're in a weird spot. And like he, uh, like John said that, um, uh, he might leave, he might win and then go. So there's just a little bit more uncertainty. There's not as much stability with, with him. And, and then there was with urban, you knew urban was probably going to be there till the end. Cause he, uh, retired and unretired twice. So that's, that's what I got. All right. Um, all right, Zach, all you. I'm personally also going to go with the under for the reasons that they stated too, because I think this year they have a really good chance to win. They return a lot of production, except that wide receiver, but I'm never going to worry about wide receiver production as long as Heartline's here. But after this year, they're going to lose probably CJ Stroud, probably three to four O-line starters, JSN, most of their defensive line, pretty much the entire secondary. And Ryan Day has not recruited those positions well, specifically tackle and then the secondary, especially safety. All three safeties are going to be gone. And personally, I don't think Ryan Day is that great of a coach to win two national titles. And he's gotten out coaching at least four or five games I can think of off the top of my head. I think 2020 Indiana, 2020 Alabama. I think the Oregon and Michigan game, he got out coached. And there's one more game I'm, I'm blanking on, but. I'm going with the under for those reasons. I don't think he's recruiting certain positions well enough to reload after this year when we're probably going to lose both offensive tackle starters, all three safeties. And you're basically praying that 
some projects when plan B guys you took hit or someone comes to the portal, which is just not great team building. And then I also think like um, I think Aaron said, it's very possible he goes to the NFL some point within the next decade because that's where he start, started coaching. If I remember correctly, he started in Philadelphia as a QB coach with Chip Kelly. So I would also take the under. All right. Um, yeah, none of you guys went to time. Good job. Uh, I think, you know, much controversy might be made of this, especially because it's the first point. But I, I'm going to go with Zach. Um, and that's because I've been the most mad online recently about Ryan Day not recruiting safety or offensive tackle. Um, and a lot of people have been my mentions telling me that I'm an idiot. And so for that reason, personally, I agree. I'm going to go outside, with Zach. <laughs> outside, of, outside of Kai Stokes, I don't think any safety they've recruited in the past two years, three years, if you count 28 to 1, 22, and 23. Kai Stokes is the only safety I think is going to be good. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think Sony is going to be a safety. No, I don't think it, I don't think a six foot four guy is going to be playing 10, 12 yards deep off the ball. If I'm, I'm not, wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm glad I'm wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I hope no, I'm I, wrong. I agree. Yeah, that's the thing with all of this. I mean, it's just a prediction where we stand right now. I hope in like two or three years, I'm like a fucking idiot. And so no, say, Ryan Day yeah, is not I, a good coach. I, I like Ryan Day. I just am, I have many concerns. I, 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 I view myself as sort of a Ryan Day uh, centrist, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Because radical Ryan Day. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, after the 2019 season, I was like, holy, holy shit, this guy, you know, Mm -hmm. he had them roaring every single game. I mean, they played almost perfect ball. All the hires he made were amazing. Week 12. And then, you know, the Clemson game, they got fucked. And then ever since then, it almost kind of seems like they've been not chasing their tail, but they just have been inconsistent in spots. And I think they've regressed each year under Ryan Day. Like, I that's think the 2019 the team was better than the 2020 team, better than the 2021 team. And that's that's why this year is so critical. Um, yeah. Because they I, will, I will say, uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say for moving on the next topic. The, the hires Ryan Day made this offseason are probably the number one reason why I still have some semblance of hope that he'll be a good coach. Well, because so that's, Knowles, that's, Knowles is a fantastic hire. I like the Fry hire. Walt, uh, Walton and Eliano were both really good hires, too. Like I think all four hires were good. He got coaches, not recruiters, which I think, especially at a a um, program like Ohio State, which recruits itself, I'd rather have a good coach than a good recruiter. That's what I was just going to say. It's like, you know, that the proof is in the pudding, right? Like, I think for me, short term, I think the, the defensive stuff is what it is, right? Like, it's certainly problematic that he can't close on a defensive recruit or, uh, or an O-lineman but he hired guys that know what the hell they're doing. So maybe like in a couple of years, this, this conversation all looks stupid, but yeah, like, like for now, like it's just, it's difficult to watch all of this. On, and, and really if you throw out like just the magical second half of the Rose bowl, right? Like that was the only semblance of like a positive that, and maybe the Michigan state game. Michigan like state positive. was, it's cause I was there at Michigan state. Yeah. <laughs> brought the magic. I mean, that, that Michigan state game was also a little bit fugazi because Kenneth Walker was not healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, I'm in I'm a Michigan state chat. Shout out them. They're funny as hell, but like before like the, the game, they, 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 they were, they were like not like eight or nine starters that either didn't play or like really fucking banged up. Mm-hmm. That, that game was a Mickey Mouse game. Granted, yeah, I, still I, think Ohio, granted I still think Ohio State would have, would have beaten them fairly easily because that actually is a horrible matchup for Ohio State last year, but that game was gauzy as hell. Yeah, yeah. I had a buddy text me like 
two minutes into that game and be like, oh, this one's over. And I, like, I thought he was kidding, and he wasn't. He was – Also, I think we need to move on to the next topic. Some of the stuff we're talking about we're going to cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're right. I, I'm the That's host. Said, You're doing my job for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm an irresponsible host. Um, <laughs> all right, next topic. Uh, uh, wow, I'm, I'm really good at this, as you guys can see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which regular season game are the Buckeyes most in danger uh, of losing this season? Uh, John, it's all you. We're going to go snake draft this time, so we're going to toss the ball to Zach. Oh, here. wow. Quick audible. Yeah, I, I think absolutely it's going. It's the Michigan game. They beat the absolute loving shit out of them last year. And granted, they did lose a lot, especially like in the coaching staff. They're returning most of their offensive line. just absolutely just whooped the Buckeyes' ass. And – it seems that 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 team up north is actually taking the rivalry seriously now. And you could tell last year, like, they wanted to win that game badly. That was, like, a different Michigan team than I've ever seen, like, that I can remember. Because, granted, I'm not that old, so I don't remember the 90s at all. I wasn't alive. But I think it's absolutely the Michigan game. Their offense should be really good again. They have a really good offensive line, a really good running back. While they don't have a, a power back, which Ohio State really struggled with last year, their offensive line is still going to be big. They're going to be mauling. And I need to see Ohio State have a fast physical defense before I feel confident about stopping Michigan's run game. Because they lost two starters, but they replaced one of them who was a Remington Award finalist. And it was probably a better center than what they lost. And then they have a bunch of speed out wide receiver. I don't think any of their guys are particularly elite have six or seven guys who can play and are pretty good in all a bunch of different skill sets so i think it is absolutely the michigan game and if ryan day loses that game there's going to be some tough tough questions we're asking next offseason that, that's uh, my that's my final yeah yeah you hit your exact time all right rob well executed uh is my why is my mic oh there it goes uh i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say that it's um I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance here and say that it's Wisconsin. And the only reason I say Wisconsin is because they bring probably other than Travion Henderson and, and Blake Corum, I think they bring, bring the best running back in the conference at, at, to that game. And I think they're going to have a really good offensive line. Uh, they're always going to have a great defense, but I think they're, they were young last year. Uh, Braylon uh, Allen was what, I think he was 17 years old in that last year. Cause he, uh, I think he um, uh, got a, a, a red shirt or whatever, and I just think that they're gonna they're gonna come in tough, they're gonna come in hard, and they're gonna come in with with an extremely good run game. And that kind of bounces off Zach's point, where um, I think that uh, it, it's a power run game, it's a tough offensive line, they're big, they're always strong, they're slow, but they're always they always give Ohio State fits. You know, even when they even when they stink at QB, you know, the Big Ten championship game in 2017, they had nowhere near the talent Ohio State did. And I mean, JT Barrett made that a little closer than it should have been. But, you know, they play hard nose football. They're always well coached. So I'm going to I went out on a limb there and said Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you took uh, that one because I was I was trying to uh, scrounge for what I I perceived to be as the only other option here right um and it's it's pretty clear like Notre Dame week one um and this is just like not really based on a lot I mean obviously they've got tremendous uh 
tremendous momentum going on right now in the recruiting, which won't affect the game whatsoever. They're going to have a, a, a freshman quarterback um, starting, you know, his first game in the shoe, which is going to be tremendously difficult. But this to me is just a, uh, you know, the, the way they, they lose this game, if they are to lose it, is just getting punched in the mouth and they're um, playing against, you know, a, a team that really wants to win, right? Which is very similar, not not unlike the Michigan game of, of a couple of years ago. This is going to be Notre Dame Super Bowl. Um, this is going to be the biggest game that they play all year. So maybe this is the game that they, uh, you know, just out tough Ohio State, right? And that's those are that's the thing that I'm looking for most is like, you know, it, we're going to be able to tell pretty off, pretty early what's going to happen in this game, right? If uh, if Ohio State gets punched in the mouth pretty early and isn't able to really respond or go up by a couple of scores, then it's going to be a dogfight. And Ohio State in the last year, at the very least, was not up for a lot of dogfights. So uh, culturally, this is an important game. Uh, and if they are able to win and win handedly, like, it's going to be really funny. Um, but I, I think the, my, my choice here is the Notre Dame game. All right. Um, I liked all of those answers for different reasons. Um, I am going to go with Rob, um, because I, yeah, he's got to get creativity points for that one. Too. Yeah. yeah for, for, let me explain myself. <laughs> also, also I, I think Braylon Allen is the second best running back in the big 10, especially because he did that last year at 17 years old. He should have been. Oh yeah. You, that was crazy. I mean, I, I was just so impressed by him when I found out he was actually 17. So like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, I, so personally, I have not allowed the thought of Ohio state losing twice in a row to Michigan to really enter my mind. So while everything Zach said was very well reasons and logical, I'm, I'm personally just, I, I'm not, I'm not going to think about that until it, God forbid it doesn't, but until it happens. Um, and, got a long way to get there. Yeah. And uh, John definitely drew the short straw, but we're not losing to fucking Marcus Freeman. Like, that guy sucks. <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, so, but, and also, I can see, like, especially if it's, like, a big noon kick, like, I could see a sleepy noon game in the shoe against Wisconsin. Like... I mean, that's allegedly the blackout uniform game. That oh, okay. All right. Well, still. I think they're also wearing Scarlet home. again. Like, a Scarlet out against um, Iowa. Are. Okay. That's pretty we, cool. Yeah. I like I like those red all red. I, I was a big fan. I could see like even if it's like a very very good like Ohio State team like like title level Ohio State team. I could see them losing the Wisconsin game is like a rant. It's like if they if they end the season like fourteen one. It's like oh yeah they lost to Wisconsin. That was weird. And then maybe they play them again in Indy and like track race them out the building. But um, I, I could see that happening. Um, I could see the other two happening. I just. Um, I like that Wisconsin answer. Um, anyone got anything else before next topic? Nope. All uh, right. Uh, so back to, sorry, I didn't see the chat. That's why I went right back to Rob. Um, but we'll, we'll go, I mean, went right back to Aaron uh, for first, but now, now we will go back to, back to Aaron. Um, all right. Will 2022 CJ Stroud be a better quarterback than 2020 Justin Fields? Go. So I'm going to start off by saying the premise of this question is difficult because uh, 2020 Justin Fields had only had to play like eight games or something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, so that's difficult. So from a statistics standpoint, I think it's pretty clear that CJ Stroud is going to be a better quarterback. I personally think um, 
you know, it, it's going to be also tough to separate, right? Because, uh, you know, JSN is probably like easily the best receiver on that, on that 2020 team, um, as well as, you know, I mean, Routman Marv's no slouch either. Um, I am curious to see how, it, how to extrapolate, you know, what the, what happened in that Rose Bowl, like whether uh, Igbuka and the other receivers are able and Marv are able to step up uh, on a long-term basis. Um, as well as, you know, if he's able to get the ball, you know, if he's willing to and able to run the ball again, I think that would be important for us. Um, but as far as that, I, I think I'm going to go with yes, because I think CJ Stroud is, should be probably a Heisman candidate. If not, I would guess him, bet him to win the Heisman at this point. All right. On to Rob. Uh, I think I think by far CJ Stroud will be better than Fields in 2020. I know Fields had a weird year because of COVID and everything and the short schedule and no camp and stuff. But even so, his decision making during the year was extremely questionable, especially in the Indiana game. It seemed like he was trying to play hero ball and Stroud played so well at the end of that Rose Bowl. I think that drive before the field goal at the end really showed us what he truly can be. I mean, of course, he's the the over-the-shoulder to Harrison Jr., the over-the-shoulder to JSN. I mean, those were just perfect passes. But that last drive was like – was I don't want to put too much on his shoulders, but that was a, a Brady-esque final drive where he just – he hit Henderson. He hit the tight end. He hit the wide receiver on and out. He hit the, uh, the dig over the middle. He hit a Henderson again. I mean, it was just dotting all over the field, taking what the defense gave you – and in, in a minute and 10 seconds, we're, we're winning the game. So I thought that was – if he can do that kind of shit, I mean, he, he'll be at that – a peak level that Fields wasn't as a passer in terms of seeing the entire field. All right. I like that. Uh, go for it, Zach. I'd say unequivocally yes, because I think Stroud as last year was better than Fields' 2020 season. And I, my main reason for that is that Fields had two absolute stinkers against Indiana and Northwestern. And last year, the only game Stroud really played bad in was the Tulsa game. And that was because his shoulder was hurt. And it was painfully obvious that, like, as soon as he came back and rested, he was a much better quarterback. So I think that unequivocally Stroud will be better than 2020 Justin Field next year. I'd be stunned if he wasn't, based off what I saw last year from the, um, the Maryland game all the way through Utah. All right. Um, yeah, let me. Some might accuse me of spreading the points around for dramatic effect, but I am going to go with John here um, just because I, I do think that those qualifiers he gave for Justin Fields are important. Um, but ultimately, I do agree. I think he will have, he will be the better quarterback. And I think that will reflect in how sort of uh, um, draft guys talk, talk about him and. Uh, don't get me wrong. I hate draft guys at times as much as the next guy. And a, a lot of the chatter around fields was bullshit, but um, I do think that there were some, I don't, not, I don't even know about concerns, but like questions about his processing and maybe his release were, were there. Uh, oh, like his, on his, release. his release. Yeah. Is ugly. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think Stroud has those um, has those concerns. I, you, you know, Stroud obviously is nowhere near the athlete of Justin Fields. And um, 
hasn't had a like heroic all-time performance like the Clemson game, but I, I think he's capable of that. I'd argue um, the Utah game was that, that yeah, that is yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, like I get the getting the monkey off the back against Clemson was mm-hmm. so huge yeah. in the playoffs. Like, I, I give I a lot terms, of weight to that. I think, I think in terms of performance, it was probably as good as Fields' game, but the legacy of Fields' game far outweighs Stroud's. Well, yeah, especially exactly. since his, his rib cage got crushed by, yeah, by, by that redneck uh, freak. Yeah, is he still there? The thing. No, I think he left last year. Okay, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, he was there. Fields, like a Fields had like a, a statue building performance and like versus like uh stroud against utah was like arguably the perfect football game yeah outside of that uh, it was like jt barrett against penn state but the whole game basically yeah Yeah. um where it feels just sort of like this like grit your teeth and like just grind out a win by any means necessary it was definitely different vibes on those performances um it, we got the we got the big question next the one everyone's been waiting for and that we've definitely already answered but i'm excited to hear everyone's thoughts does anyone have anything left to say on this uh don't think so all right all right so back to zach first i'm sure he's excited to uh <laughs> to get get the driver's seat on this one um do ryan day and his staff have an issue closing with recruits uh yeah i I think the question should be how big of a concern is Ryan Day and his and his staff ability to close and recruits is because if you just go through even just this year alone, they probably led and missed for Caleb Downs, uh, Bonsu. They led for Bulls at one point. They led for Tackett Curtis at one point. They might lose. Um, what's that DT from Orlando? John Walker to UCF to UC, which is just absolutely insane. Sorry, yeah. not to interrupt. And then twenty twenty one. No, they lost Jaheim Singletary. They lost um. Terrence Brooks, they lost Xavier Wonkba. Um, they lost Keonta Goodwin. Um, I'm not going to hold Zion Branch against him. There was nothing they could have done. As soon as Lincoln Riley got hired, he was gone. Same with Zachariah Branch. Then in 2021, you know, there's J.C. Latham. Um, there's probably even more guys I'm thinking of, but there is absolutely a problem with closing on recruits that the staff has, especially at safety and offensive tackle. Like for, for most of their commitments, there's really a commitment on like, under Urban Meyer, where Ohio State just comes out of nowhere and lands somebody. Like even with Jason Moore, he was always a priority target. And always, he was always seen as like the second team in Notre Dame. Like, what recruitment has Ohio State come out of nowhere for a top target like they did with Font Bell under Urban Meyer? I, I think there's absolutely a closing problem, and it might bite OSU in the ass sooner than later, particularly at offensive tackle and safety. Yeah, uh, I agree with all of that. All right, Rob. Uh, they do have a problem. And, and the thing that's frustrating about it is, is they're so good at certain other positions. So that's why we get angry and spoiled and whatnot, because you see Heartline just close on kid after kid after kid, no matter how many guys we take, no matter how much talent is already here. Same thing with defensive end and same th- with corner we've picked up. And with Coombs earlier in his career, we were like that at corner. But the tackle situation is frustrating because – you know, Fry just got here. You know, I'm going to give some of these guys. I know other coaches. I know, uh, uh, I think his name is um, Odom, just got to oh, oh, USC. But he had been recruiting under Riley for a while, and he got Curtis to USC. But, you know, you, you, can't, you can't whiff on a position consistently because then it just builds 
And then one day you're starting a, you know, a three-star project guy at your left tackle position. And that's a huge problem, no matter who you have, it could be Royola, but that doesn't matter, you know? And, and I, it's going to become a problem unless, you know, they got to go a Bama route and just stack, got to start poaching talent and at a high level, not just Mac guys or low level big 12 tackles. They need to go poach a good starter from somewhere if they can't, you know, sneak in the back door with some of these guys and especially at safety and, and, and tackle. And, you know, I, I think it needs to, they need to get the, the train rolling on that. And Yeah. All right. That is your time. Are you telling me uh, Jacob James doesn't move you, Rob? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, no offense to Jacob James. Yeah. I'm uh, sure no, he's no, a great no, guy. Proud <laughs> listener of the podcast. Yeah. I'll say one thing with Rob, like, I don't have an issue with taking like a lower rank guy or a three-star guy as long no, as they were neither, a priori- but- as long as they were a priority the entire time and not just like some late plan B dude because they missed on their top target. Like someone like Miles Walker, I don't have an issue taking him because the staff has wanted him for a while. They didn't want him and because they missed on someone. Star. Yeah. He's he's also barely almost a four-star anyways, but like same with like Will Smith. The staff but has he- always wanted him. That they don't care that he's like a five hundred ranked player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like you, Aaron, said, you want to go. Yeah. Let me just, let me, yeah, let me dive right into it. Uh, basically I think there's, there's a couple things at play, right? Uh, this staff as constructed has not earned the right to get three star and four star guys and try and turn them into five stars. Right. Like if this is something that happens moving forward, if like Fry just has this dog vision or if, uh, if Knowles just knows how to find these dogs that are under rated and like turn them into draft picks and stuff like that then i have no problem with it but as it's constructed and as has been in the past right they haven't convinced they've they've uh in some cases turned more five stars into into fours and threes than they are have vice versa uh at least on the defensive side of the ball so that's where it's like it's a concern for right now i just am not super concerned at the moment because not a lot of people. It's still super early. I mean, obviously the guys that are are committing are committing. Who knows what a commitment's worth anymore? Um, and then moving forward, like if if you got a guy like Knowles and he's he's able to create like a top ten defense at Oklahoma State, if you increase his his capabilities by that much, and like uh, obviously the the conference is a bit better, um, but like I, I think it becomes a concern if if moving forward they're not able to. Uh, this is just a difficult year to do it because there is no proof in the pudding in, in regards, especially in those positions, because it's like safety is very reliant on a defensive coordinator uh, and offensive lineman is very reliant on the offensive line coach. So we need to see some toughness and we need to see some grit out of these guys and some execution. And then if that's the case heading into 2024, I think there'll be a, lo- a, a big time major concern. All right. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I, let me just say one more thing real quick. Yeah, go for it. I don't. I don't. I don't want to sound like a, a recruiting snob. I know that. I mean, Michael Thomas was a three star. I mean, there's a lot of examples of really good players who were three stars and who Olave guys who were missed guys who didn't go to camps, all that stuff. Like Stokes would have been probably a, a way higher recruit if he went if he camped better or camped more. I forget which one it was. He didn't but camp. He did. He did we, private workouts. Okay. Yeah. 
But the, my problem is, is the fact that, okay, we hear all we hear for a, a, a for a fucking month before that big recruiting weekend that it's downs, 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 a Buckeye, and then four four days and or a week in July go by and, and they say, oh, we don't have him anymore. That's just not something that should happen. Yeah, they, they let you get the big weekend with all the recruits there, and yeah. none of the guys stick. Or yeah, they let none, but you know what I mean. They let for yeah. downs for a month, got the last OV, and still fucked it up. That's yeah, like, like Nick Saban would never do that. Like, no, like when Nick Saban, when Ohio State beat Nick Saban for JT Tui Malowal, he canceled his Bama visit, if I remember correctly. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, how he did. you, yeah, that's how you, that's Larry Johnson closing. That's, like, Larry, that's how you, yeah, close. that's Larry Johnson, that's Brian yeah. Hart, or that's that's. That's how those guys operate. But it's like you get I mean, the last I, word, I, and then I it's put, over. I put closing on the head coach, not any position coaches. I, I agree. Well, that's just, again, that's like, uh, that's just goes back to like Ryan Day just being this sort of guy who's born on third base and thought he hit a triple, right? Like, I yep. think he's like emblematic of like, that's correct until he proves otherwise. Um, it's yeah. sort of emblematic of like the entire like fail son American dream generation who like absorbed <laughs> like their father's company and now they're like, oh shit, like, what do I do with this? And, you know, so like, in a lot of ways, like it's just it's it's super concerning that at this point, by this point, we still don't really have like what would you guys say is Ryan Day's identity outside of like oh sick like they're gonna score a thousand points seven and... on seven coach exactly he exactly. beat Clemson which means a lot to me but apart from that it's like yeah it's it's Midwest Lincoln Riley and the and the, and the crazy thing is in that Clemson game and in that year. They were stout at defensive tackle. They stopped the run, and they mauled people in the run game when they finally got consistent. They just and only played I, cover one or cover three. <laughs> yeah, and Trey Sermon. Help, uh, I think Ryan Day needs to go back to uh, go to that kind of. You're still you still need to have a creative run game. I think they got really stale in their run fits and every or not run fits. That's defense and they're just the way the offense. I don't know. Everything just looked the I same. They would you know that 2020 play. offensive line had a bunch of Urban Meyer commits. That's true. I'm yeah. not saying, but I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you are correct. Um, I think this Wyatt, year's Wyatt line Davis, can be Josh Myers, NPF, actually, um, Thayer I mean, Munford, yeah, and Matt Matt Jones. Do the we want to right? The only Ryan God Day, is still here after nine years. Yeah, the only Ryan Day offensive line on that team is Harry Miller and. I don't want to be mean because he had mental health issues, but he was not good. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. He was. He no, was no, I, 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 I know, it, just it's just a bleak situation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I agree, he wasn't good. He was very bad. Uh, not, not very bad, but he wasn't good. Um, <laughs> let's do like a lightning round on this next one because we talked about it a good bit. Um, uh, how much of an issue is offensive line recruiting for the Buckeyes right now? Let's do 30 seconds. Uh, you also didn't order a point for that last topic. <laughs> oh, oh no, you got it. You got it. Uh, let's go. Oh, did, did I not say that? I meant to say that. I, I'm giving it to Zach because, uh, you know, he's the recruiting guy. Um, he, he, he knows – I every I, I liked what everyone said, but uh, I guess that's the advantage of going first. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's do thirty seconds on how how big an issue offensive line recruiting is right now, um, and maybe maybe get to like what you think it looks like in the future. Um, so yeah, uh, who's first this time, John? I think it's me. Yeah. yeah so all right. I 
I think uh, overall it's pretty similar to the defensive stuff. There is no proof of the pudding. You know, like I, I think uh, right now they just need to get to a point where they, they have a proof of concept, can convert some of the guys that have been on the roster into draft picks, and then go from there. Uh, I think the all-tackle line was admittedly a failure, and rightfully so. Somebody lost their job over it. But I think moving forward, we've got Fry, and Fry is a guy who's who made – uh, a decent line at, at UCLA and I think uh, he's he's got my trust for the moment but like like we said a moment ago like if if the recruiting falls and he's not able to convert these three and four stars and make them draft picks then obviously his 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 neck should be on the line as well all right uh Rob uh, I think the concern they've recruited well in the interior it's almost all at it's almost all at the tackle position, especially since you're going to be so thin there. So, I mean, they, they really need to just, I don't know, uh, search Ohio, you know, go after more. If you can't pull these kids from, from Georgia and Alabama or wherever they're from Texas, Florida on the offensive line, then you should maybe stick closer to home because it seems like they're having trouble pulling these kids out, at least at specific positions, not, you know, the stalwart positions that we're used to getting guys. It doesn't matter where they're from. Maybe return to your roots a little bit more at the offensive tackle position and just go heavy on Ohio and Indiana and, and PA maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, all right. Uh, to you, Zach. I think it's definitely a concern, mostly at tackle, like we've all agreed upon. I think for this upcoming season, it should be fine. I think that the line of PJJ, Matt Jones, Whipler, Donovan Jackson, and Dewan Jones should be pretty good. But it's after this season where I'm like, holy shit, we're going to lose PJJ and Dewan Jones most likely. What tackle are you penciling in at left and right tackle? To me, I don't see anyone. Is it like, yeah, like Trey LaRue? Like, it, it, like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of guys from like, okay, the, these guys were mostly plan B recruits mm-hmm. because they missed on their top guys. Like, some of them could develop, but I don't know. These weren't guys the staff wanted like right away besides maybe George Fitzpatrick. So, like, I think it's a huge concern, especially because they're going to be having a new quarterback next year. And it's probably going to be Devin Brown. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I uh, agree with all that. Uh, I'm gonna award the point to uh, Jonna, I guess. Um, I like I like the uh, sort of prove it mentality of like Fry. Like I don't necessarily give Fry a pass for this year, but it certainly uh, isn't easy to recruit uh, after stud. Um, so it's like who'd they miss on? Who'd they miss on this year? Am I forgetting? They just or were they? Yeah, yeah, because Goodwin was last year. And then um, Latham was 21. Yeah. No, the, like, good, honestly, the good one this, and Latham this, won. The, yeah. this, this offensive line class comes down to is Luke Montgomery actually a tackle or not? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conflicting info about whether he, he is or not. If he's a tackle, which if he is, I think it's going to be good no matter where he plays. Mm-hmm. He's just very athletic, very good build, good feet. The question is length, apparently, which like I don't know because I don't scout. Like, I'm not there. Yeah. Like if he is a tackle and Miles Walker develops, like this is should could be a really good offensive tackle class. Mm-hmm. But it's like the thing is like there's conflicting info. So like mm-hmm. it's not like someone like um like JC Latham or Captain Goodwin that's like offensive tackle all the way. There's a lot of conflicting info about Luke Montgomery whether he's going to be a tackle or a center. And that's why those guys like those two guys are the top fifteen, top ten players in the country. And yeah, um, Luke yeah. Montgomery's a high four star. Right. Yeah. 
but it's still uh, a really good ranking but like there's a difference yeah and it, it it's like you can you can develop like a guy like miles walker until you're blue in the face um and i'm sure like i have no doubt a guy like him can be a great offensive tackle yeah. high round draft he's, pick. he's very athletic he's mm-hmm. long pause yeah <laughs> but he, he, he needs to put on good weight yeah, he. I mean, he he has the outline which, of a very which, good which, prospect. Which I I know Big Ryan's definitely going to be uh very interested in uh putting on weight because numbers only go up. I hope I hope Ryan uh I hope he listens to this episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's two shout outs for him. Honestly, yeah, that's gonna start charging for that's our guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is hilarious. He just uh, <laughs> he just has the lightning rod of Ohio State Twitter. Everyone, it's. You think you think people Either are you love him or you hate him? Yeah, you, you says to- <laughs> uh, what what others are afraid to say, right? He's the yeah. original shock jock. Sometimes, sometimes they're afraid to say it for good reason. He's uh, right, <laughs> Mike Francesa of Ohio State online. We love you, Ryan. Um, now, Mike Francesa is an idiot. I don't very big Ryan. <laughs> All right, um, I'm a skip one. I think. Uh, I mean, who will be the most impactful player on the defense this season? We can talk about this, but that feels like like a Bucknuts morning five topic. Um, I think we're above that. Um, also, I think it's like, I think it sort of has to be um, one of the two sophomore defensive ends, um, personally. I would disagree. Okay, yeah, well, let's I'll, talk I'll about that. I'm on a limb for that one. What who who have you got, Zach? I'm trying to decide which which of the two which two safeties I have in my head. Because this is a safety-driven defense with Jim Knowles. Mm-hmm. So I I think I'm gonna go probably Ronnie Hickman. Okay. He was a because little bit uh he was good last year, but he's play, gonna be playing more of a deep safety role this year. He's playing bandit, which was mm-hmm. what Jim Knowles calls his boundary safety. And he was good last year, but he kind of played more like in the box and he didn't play deep much when he did play deep it was right it's hard to tell how incompetent the defense was last year about like who is to blame right what who didn't know what but he didn't play a whole lot of deep safety this year and he will a lot this year and with how safety driven this defense is i think he's probably the most that doesn't he's not gonna be the best player in the defense but he might be the most important because i think josh proctor's good we know what tanner McAllister is he's going to be a really good slot safety my concern is ronnie hickman and if Ronnie Hickman is good, as I think he's going to be, we'll have three stud safeties in a system where Jim Knowles needs three stud safeties. I think Sawyer and JTT are going to be beasts. Like, mm-hmm. I just think they are. Whereas Ronnie Hickman, I'm not sure. And he plays one of the most important positions for Jim Knowles. Because Jim Knowles relies on his safety to do basically everything on the football field. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, uh... I tried to skip this topic, but I think that's that's some really good insight. Does, uh, Rob or Aaron, uh, you guys got anything to chime in here? Uh, uh, Rob I, had one. Yeah, I was gonna go with. I was actually gonna say Tyleek Williams only because. Okay. Well, that was what I was gonna say. He <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a run like a run stopper. I mean, his his percentages in such limited time, and, and really you know run stop and you know win rate and all that analytics shit. He was so good. As a freshman, I mean, he was so young and so good. I don't know why they didn't play him more. That was a weird situation. Mm. I thought, I thought it was very, very odd that he didn't play more. 
but if when he's on the field, he gives something Ohio State doesn't get very often, and that is a long defensive tackle who can funnel pressure to the edges because he's so athletic and he's so strong and he's and he, he can just he can get the sacks too, like a Michael Bennett did in way back when we won the national championship. He was he got pressure up the middle. And, you know, if you're Cade McNamara and you got a, a guy bullying you up the middle and you got to turn into JTT or you got to turn into Jack Sawyer, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, like just in terms of him, like being just a big dude and like preventing the like the run, the, the run game from getting established as well as it could inside. Right. Like. I think he is so huge and vital into what, like, I, I think that the, the line getting back to the Rushman or like the actually being the Rushman uh, this year is so vital because like, you know, that, that makes up for a lack of perceived talent sort of deeper in the field as if that defensive line can get after it and, and make, uh, make throwing the ball downfield a really difficult thing to do. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Tyleek as well. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to award a point for that because I tried to because I tried to skip it, um, and I was like involved in the discussion. But uh, I think those are all good. Good as points. you get a point for that one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give myself. I'll give myself a point. I'll write that down. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right. Second to last topic. Uh, who's first this time? Is it? John, I think I think it's me because that last topic. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That one yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what is the bare minimum the Buckeyes need to accomplish this season for it to be considered a success? National championship. Nothing else. All right. Well, I guess by that question, <laughs> you could, we can cross off uh, the the next question as well, right? Like, uh, yeah. The next, the final question is: Will Ohio State win the national championship? Well, that's a different question, though. Oh, I guess yeah. yeah you're right. That is that is. Uh, it, it, can, it's, it's it's a national championship. Like anything else, is disappointment. This team is super talented. They return. They're like top twenty-five returning talent. When the fuck has Ohio State ever been top twenty-five returning talent by mm-hmm. Bill Connolly? Like they never. return the most talent in the Big Ten. Losing any game in the regular season is would be an absolute disgrace, and frankly, outside of Alabama, I don't. There's no team that should be able. Even to, Alabama, if maybe, I can maybe not compete, maybe not compete with Ohio State, but like that should consistently yeah. be better than Ohio State. It's a national championship, and if it doesn't, there should be questions asked about Ryan Day because this roster is loaded. You return a stud quarterback, you no, know, you return a stud running back. You return most of your offensive line. You return most of your defense. You hired a great defensive coordinator. Like after this season, you're going to lose probably at least 13 plus starters. It's a national championship or bust. And anyone who says differently, I, I think they're just, I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, and I'll, let me, uh, let me chime in here. Uh, and then we'll get back. We'll get to Rob. Uh, we can just do both these questions at once. Cause they're pretty linked. Um, I, I think even Bama, like, okay, Bama with Gibbs in that offensive line does scare me, but in terms of outside talent, it was pretty barren. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on their, on their roster. Um, I'm sure uh, someone would have something to say to me about this, but even Bama fans I see, like, don't have great confidence in their outside talent from what I've seen. It's like, it was, 
I, I'm not a John Mechie guy. I don't think he's very good, but he was still better than what they had last year. And it's like, he's gone. J-Mo's gone. It's like Slade Bolden's back, I guess. Like Bolden left too. Oh, Slade Bolden. So it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm even less of a Slade Bolden guy than John Mechie I mean, guy, but still I it's like. personally pick Alabama over Ohio State. My biggest reason is that Alabama's defense, Eli Ricks is on the second team. He's not starting mm-hmm. as of now. That's actually crazy. Um, their pass rush, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. If you thought Hutchinson and Ojibwo was insane, just wait until we play them. I, I think unless DeWan Jones radically transformed his body and his kick set and lateral agility, he's going to get abused in that game more than Riley Reed does. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> um, I, like I said, like their whole defense top to bottom is just stacked. And then on offense – like, like their outside wide receiver is a concern, but honestly, so is ours. Like, I mean, I won't, I don't have, I'm not worried about it because we have Brian Hartline, but like, mm-hmm. we only return JSN and he's probably going to be slot again. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Marvin Harrison Jr., but he's only has one game of starting while he looked good at just one game. Mm-hmm. And they do have talent. They brought in Jermaine Burton, who I think is going to excel when he's not playing in George's offense. Uh, they brought in a guy from I'm blanking this name. A guy from Louisville with like four three speed, and they recruited. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, they recruited I, really well in 2021, just like we did. And in 2022, I think a guy who has a chance to explode on their team as a true freshman is Isaiah Bond. That dude is Isaiah. That dude is not Isaiah Waddle. Jalen Waddle Jr. He is ridiculously fast and explosive. It would not shock me if he had like 800 plus yards as a true freshman. Yeah, so, um, like, I guess my only hope on their defense not being uh, being as great is Pete Golding still their DC? Who I think Pete Golding's a fine DC. I think he oh, gets overhated. Okay, all right. Like to me, like Alabama has way less questions than Ohio yeah, State does. Yeah, For definitely. Ohio State, like, will the offensive line be better? Who's going to step up outside wide receiver? I think that the wide receiver question won't be a concern. And then basically the entire defense. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to see? Whereas with Alabama, it's mainly just who steps up wide receiver. Will their offensive line improve from last year? Uh, yeah. Uh, Rob, you want to go and take your time because we're sort of free-balling it at this point. Yeah, I think um, definitely Ohio State uh, has to win. and has to sound so drastic, but whatever. We're, we're here. We're in that point of mind um, because we have all the talent. You have all the young talent that got a lot of reps last year that will be, you know, taking that next step. And under under fine tuned coaching, you know, I don't know what was going on the last year or so in in some of the defensive rooms. It just seemed like guys would come on the field and they run into each other's asses and, and trip over themselves, and they would see a running back coming and freeze. There was no quick twitch. It's not. I wouldn't say ability. That's wrong, except for a couple guys. But we know who they are. Um. Uh. It just didn't seem like the, the reaction time was there in the defense. And when I watched Oklahoma State last year, all those guys did would fly to the ball. I mean, his blitzes we get taken advantage of, but that's just what happens when you're a super aggressive coach sometimes. But was that because they didn't have the talent? Now, now he has the talent to mold. Now you have the line, the offensive line. You know, everybody's in their comfortable position. You're not having a guard at tackle and attack and all that all that nonsense we saw in, I think it was 2017 or no, Owen Haskins was here. We had trouble. When we had a bunch, yeah. of, a, a bunch of guys playing out of, or not out of position. They felt they were putting the best guys on the field at the, at, at the positions they could. 
But now that everyone's in their natural spots, that talent's finally getting coached up. The young talent is either healthy now, like Williams at safety. Now he has a, he had a healthy offseason. Uh, J.K. Uh, or Hancock and uh, Jaquil and Johnson are healthy. And now we get to see if that talent can rise. And I think it can under the staff. So that's why I think it, it's a national championship or bust. And that's, and that's why I really think they'll win. I mean, I know Alabama is Bama, and they and they re-upped with Burton and that receiver from Louisville. But I, I, I just I believe that that Ohio State can really. I mean, it still remains to be seen if 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 Alabama gets out of the conference. I think they're going to have a couple. They they that sounds weird, but because Georgia brought back Stetson Bennett, and you know, no one's really big on him, and they'll probably only meet in the SEC championship game, but. I don't know. There's just there's just something weird about the Bama team. They don't they don't bring. There's just something weird about them. I don't know why they just don't bring back the firepower that I'm used to them having and seeing or having transfer in. I mean, like I said, I don't think that the the talent they brought in is bad. I think it's good, but you know, it, it's more it's more bandaged than it this year than it was last year. I feel. I know they had young guys. And I know those guys could easily step up, but last year, I mean, you had a, a somewhat proven guy in JMO. You had in two proven system guys in Bolden and Mechie. I mean, they don't knock any blow blow anyone away or knock anyone's socks off. But Saban knew what they wanted, and they had tons of chemistry together. And then JMO just completely obliterated everybody in front of them. They have the pass rush, probably the best pass rush duo Saban's ever had. But I think it. I think a tackle, you know, I don't, maybe they'll have to, I mean, we're shooting in the dark here. Maybe they'll have to game plan, different, whatever. We're not there yet, but I, I just think Stroud in this offense will do something more than what we've seen, which sounds weird because the two years we've had the incredible passing offense, we've had inconsistencies in the run game at times, and I think that won't be there this year. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with all of that. Aaron, why don't you uh, why don't you wrap us up? Yeah, uh, I think there's a few things at play here. I think obviously uh, it's a lot easier to say national championship or bust uh, if you don't um, overpay Ryan Day in the offseason for literally no reason, right? Like going to the well and 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 like you know it, it's just and it, it's difficult to put guys like Knowles and uh, others in like or in fry like in a must win first situation a first year situation with that much uh that much riding on it right like again like it's tough like it should be championship or bust and it would have been if you don't give uh give ryan day a contract of 9.5 million dollars on may 25th just because some guy online said mel tucker made more money than him like that to me just was not, like, it's tough to pair those two situations together. Um, but like with that, like, you know, anytime you get into a national championship or bust situation, it's very difficult because like there are outstanding stuff. Like there's, there's just like, you know, what if Bama just nails it, right? Like, which it could happen, right? I, you know, it would not shock me if, if it's Ohio state and Bama in the national championship game. And like, if you're in that coin toss, like, you know, there's any number of ways that game ends up. Right. But I, I think that they have the talent this year to get it done. 
not doing it, not getting it done would be a catastrophic failure I, at, with certain, you know, injuries withstanding and stuff like that. But I like, what does bust mean? Like Ryan days, like we just paid him more money than God for the next eight plus years for no reason. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's really difficult for like, like, I guess we could fire him, but like, that's, that's, and that's not going to happen yet. We all know. Yeah. That. And like, that's the shitty part about like where I like probably the worst part of the program in a nutshell is getting to the playoffs, probably not even realistically going to break a sweat doing that this year. Like if, if, if all goes to plan, like they have the talent to do it. If they do not make the playoffs and like they, I'm in complete agreement. They need to get it done. If they don't even get the playoffs, that is, I mean, that is, yeah. But again, like it, you, you threw away your bargaining chip when you fucking just extended that guy. So, so then you put him on the one year, like after his worst year and like two, like an unexcusable loss to Michigan, you gave him nine and a half million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like, then you, you extend it one more year and then, you know, who knows with the economy, like where things are going to be, do people have the stomach to like absorb like a fucking 80 million dollar payout like that's just uh it's it's certainly a difficult position um but yeah like like i said like i've said it since the beginning like the guy was born on third base like this is his year if he does it like i'm still not even going to give him any sort of credit whatsoever (laughs) i fucking hate uh i don't really like him as a guy i don't think he has any sort of redeeming qualities like even you know like if he gave me something i guess it would be cool like it, it at least uh at least herbs had some cool like press clippings and like had had a cachet to him or like some sort of identity like you know nick saban's identity is that he just executes and ryan's day's identity is that he just like happens to work at ohio state like that that's his whole thing um but yeah like that's a long way of saying like yeah it should be championship or bust but like we're kind of in a shitty situation right now and um obviously like a successful season to me looks like uh you know cj stroud potentially going first overall in the nfl draft i think, I think that would be a really cool consolation uh throw some other names up there as well in those early draft picks you know like potentially like if it could work out you could get two Heisman finalists like potentially from the same fucking school that would be really cool um you could get three yeah Henderson Smith Henderson definitely yeah so imagine three of four guys getting invited to a fucking thing or like teammates like that would be historic um so all in all there's like really good potential for this to be a solid year you get you get a gut check early which is good because we don't we don't like as ohio state fans kind of coasting through the early season and then uh finding out what you have against like a penn state or or again against like a a wisconsin um but yeah all in all like i I, um it's a long way of saying it's going to be an exciting season uh there's certainly more to go off of this year it's more pivotal this year for the future than i think last year was and uh, i guess we'll see yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna give that last point to Rob, uh, which coincidentally, uh, because I, I just enjoyed that little rant he went on. Um, I think there was some good some good fire there. Um, 
which does leave us tied up. Um, I didn't announce the prize for this, but it actually is a 1% share in the QB drop profits. So all three <laughs> of you can, um, can expect to be breaking in the big bucks here soon enough. Um, thank you all for coming. It's good to be back. You know, uh, Aaron and I are uh, anything but organized. So, you know, we'll definitely have a more consistent schedule when football season starts, but I'm sure we'll be doing, you know, weekly every other week like that uh, up until uh, up until the off season. Sure, we'll less have, organized. The less organized, the better, to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have Ryan. D, DJ was supposed to be on today. He he was off doing DJ Burns things. So Godspeed to him. Um, <laughs> Urban find a little bit of Alcatraz. Yeah, <laughs> Urban. Urban <laughs> the devil and dad has got him again. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So anyone got anything left to say? Yeah, guys, I'm I'm really glad summer's kind of or we're getting to the point where it's time to talk about football again. Yeah. Um, you know, I know uh, three of us on here, Zach, Robert, and myself, are in the dog days of the Guardians baseball season um, oh, yeah. and, and enjoyed a, an all-star game performance. But it's time to, you know, start strapping up the pads. and. Uh, Fall and camp's in, like, 13, 12 days. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost kind of want to lean into as, like, you know, being, like, the ultimate football podcast for the next, like, couple of weeks. Like, I want I want on-the-ground footage, if we can get it, of, like – and this is a, a call-out to our, our followers, too. Like, any camp – any and all camp footage. Mm. Like, I want uh, somebody breaking down, like, the weights that they're weighing in at. I want to hear, like, is there extra zip on the <laughs> ball this year, you know? Um, you know, are the gloves too sticky? I want all of those kind yeah. of comments. We're starting to build a mailbag. So send, send your requests to Ez and I, um, we'll, we'll talk further about this, but yeah, we're, uh, we're really excited for this season. Me too. Yeah. Uh, been a long off season of just talking bullshit. It's nice for football to finally be on the horizon. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.